Thank you for listening to the Wannabes 1v1 series, where Wasabi and myself, JD, talk to some of our favorite players, commentators, or content creators in the Melee community. If you support us, give us a follow on Twitter at SSB underscore wannabes with one E. There you'll find links to our Discord, our YouTube videos, as well as getting notified on whenever the new episode is up. Anyways, enjoy the show. So welcome everyone to the 1v1 interview series, this time featuring my good friend Tim from Connecticut, a.k.a. Swiftbase, a.k.a. Phantom Renegade, a.k.a. Peacecraft. What's good, Tim? How are you doing? What's up, Well, I'm doing all right. Pretty good there. I'm glad you got my, my last tag there. That, that's a serious one for I'll probably stay at that for a while or until whenever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to make sure. I feel like that's a, a really good trivia question is name all of Tim's tags. Yeah, I've had quite a few. Some obviously are like more jokey ones, but I think Swift and this more recent one are probably like my my mainstays. I actually just like really started like disliking my first one. So I, I've been trying to shuffle around and find one that I actually like. So mm-hmm. I, I stumbled on Peacecraft, so... It's all right. It's nice. another compound word. So <laughs> yeah, that's like true. That's you it. you do like compound words. Is there any reason why like you settled on Peacecraft? You said like you're gonna probably keep it for a while. Do you just like the ring of it, or is there any like more significance to it? So Peacecraft is a reference to um, a character in Gundam Wing that I really like. Um, he's uh, he starts out as like the antagonist and then like the anti-hero, and he's really just like he's basically like a war veteran, a war hero, but then like during the shape of his character, he realizes that he's a little bit more than a, just a, a war machine tool and starts to think independently. And then he becomes like a, a nice anti-hero at the end of the series. So it's pretty cool. I, I, I like his whole resolve throughout the entire series. So I figure it's a compound word too. So <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, dude, that's super cool. I actually haven't gotten into like the Gundam Wing series at all. So I'll definitely have some questions for you like, off the mic about that because i always feel like i have a trouble getting into a lot of like the mecha animes and stuff like that so i'll yeah, definitely it's... ask you about that later all right word i mean it's it's a pretty melodramatic one it's not like in my top 10 range or anything but i think it's more mm-hmm. solid than people give you credit for honestly yeah yeah i mean you, you always hear everyone talking about gundam so i feel like i should like give it a try from like since i was like a little kid and you just saw it on like tsunami and shit yeah sure man it's iconic you gotta at least see one series yeah yeah exactly but we're here to talk about, well, actually, we're just here to talk, to talk about everything and or anything. But uh, one thing that I guess, like, I definitely wanted to ask you, because it's, like, sort of becoming the forefront of the Melee community, like, talk right now on Twitter, mm-hmm. is, like, this idea of, like, life and Melee balances. Like, more and more people are realizing that, you know, Melee, while it's an amazing thing and, like, we all wish we could do it uh, full time, you know, the community really doesn't lend itself to that as often and even like the top players they're twitch streamers also you know and that's considered like a job like they put in a lot of hours for that uh and you're someone who's you know seen the scene you know been in the scene for a while uh i actually want to know how many years also but you know i want to hear like your thoughts on it as you you've grown up with melee you know so um i've been in the scene for a while and i think it probably would start maybe um 
I I always put it at like 2007 when I actually like created. I think the, the latter half of 2006 is when I created Smash Bros. account, and then I started going to tournaments more so in 2007. But um, I consider myself having like understood the game maybe since 2004. I read I read uh, that first Fox Guide on Game Facts when it came out. And, oh wow. Um, back when it was all like text format and you had to like control F to find like the uh, the contents where it was like section A, section B, and all that. As uh, by a player named Cunning Kitsune, who uh, who definitely I think is like one of the first first players who actually like studied the game. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been playing for a while. Um, I don't know, like it's it's so it it always gets long and drawn out. So I just tell I just tell people when they ask like if I'm beating them or something, they, you know, the younger guys go, "Oh, how long have you been playing?" I go, "Oh, uh, it's been playing a while." <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, of course. But yeah, the whole work life balance thing. Um, it's rough because uh, my Smash age is pretty old, mm-hmm. but um, comparatively, there's a lot of players now who maybe have been like two or three years or maybe four years shy of me, Smash age-wise, and just like age-wise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've already been through that tunnel because, you know, I mean, you know, I used to be full-time, you know, I used to play like four or five hours a day, you know, and 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 grind and play different people and do all the labbing and stuff like that. So I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. like, but it just, it's just rough because when you get to a certain age, you want to start balancing like income and all that. And it makes it a little tougher because when I started, it really wasn't like, uh, can I do this for money thing? It was more like, well, how much time can I allocate towards this since I'm in college and like keep my grades up? But now people actually think, oh, if they're in college or something, they're like, oh, well, you know, what can I do to make money off this? And how how much time can I put into it? And can I make a living off of this? It's more like a career choice in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Or people think they can really be, I, I, I guess since it was introduced as esports. But um, so that's another dimension to like how difficult it is because people can actually see folks like... Um, well, I think I read something on either Bobby Fritz or Bobby Big Balls. I can't remember who, which one. Oh, it was. Uh, Bobby Fritz. It's it's in that yeah. really good article. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just read the article and I was like, yeah, a lot of people see that or a lot of people try to be that and like, yeah, it can it can work. I remember Music King did it a while for a while too. He used to live, he used to just live mm-hmm. off of tournament winnings. But you're talking about like you know top five talent of all time. But um, you know, people see like people like Bobby Frizz and you know, he, he probably was motivated by someone to try to live off melee and I mean I guess you can do it, but like you know, you're kinda like the uh, cat chasing their own tail at some point where this dilemma comes in and it's like, Well, you know, I'm 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 gonna be a doctor or I'm trying to be a doctor, but I also wanna play the game too and I don't know, um after being married you know, after being engaged and then married and stuff like that, you have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And just job responsibilities in general. Um, I mean, there's definitely a balance. I I kind of credit a lot of my staying ability to um, players like Slocks and Lint, who really kind of pushed me. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the big things, other than having like top talent, I mean, I'd, I'd consider Lint and Slocks like top talent, like, and they're 20 minutes away from me, roughly. So, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm in a better spot than a good chunk of folks. But um, yeah, I think. The key to that balance is really um, being diligent on when you actually do play. Like, I remember I used to play and just not 
not not me not care but like play and like understand that i'm going to be playing a whole lot of more melee in the next few days mm-hmm. or so it's like but now every every time i sit down with someone i'm trying to beat them as bad as i can gain the absolute most from the set i can because i know my time is limited right it's like i guess it, yeah. I, I tell people now i'm like i'm a part-timer now like when i sit down and play like I'm not trying to floss on you or whatever or flex. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm trying to rotate my character so I can get them all warm and get equal amount of experience or, you know, the matchups I want. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to body you. It's not like, you know. Yeah, you got to hit the B&Bs, the bread and butters. Yeah, man. Like, I'm I'm all about that now. And it, it just sucks because I know some some folks are like, like, I know when I was like in, in that age range, like that mid-20s mm-hmm. where you're kind of like, Dang, yo, where where's all where's my life gonna go right now? I definitely had that dilemma a bit where it was like, well, I mean, I can't make money doing this, but the time I have to invest into it to get really high, it's almost like a job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took a while coming to terms with, well, you know, maybe I'm not gonna be the best player in the world or close to it, but I still have spurts in me where I can have like a good run or two. And I think if I just play with the intent of, you know, if I'm playing on my if I have my A or my A A minus game. I can beat most of the field and compete with the part of the field that I can't beat. And I think that would be good. You know, like I don't get mad if I lose to like full timers. Like if I go to a local and I can beat everybody and run uh, slocks to like a game five, then it's like, yeah. okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good on that. Cause I know he's a full timer and it, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, if I was playing full time, I, I could still be right there with these guys. And that's kind of like a sense of security in my sense with it. But I know a lot mm-hmm. of folks don't really have that. You know, it's more like they're just they're just seeing the they're just seeing the light, right? They're they're just seeing it like, damn, I'm getting really good at this game. I can go hard. I can do a twitch. I can do this. I can do that. And it's it's more difficult, right? Because some some folks may not have like so much experience under their belt during the time, and it's like, you know, well, do I hang out with my girlfriend or you know, do I want to go play melee and. Mm-hmm and grind and it's it's all a balance of like scheduling and stuff i think google calendar helped me a bunch like i don't know oh my god (laughs) google calendar yeah i have a shared calendar with my girlfriend and that helps so much like all of yeah her stuff is there and then like my what i contribute to calendar is like okay giga hog is on saturday (laughs) spectrum's (laughs) on monday like east coast throwdown that's in a month like i'm already reserving that weekend you sound Um, you sound like me now like i'll plot everything I'll, I'll plot all the melee events I can up for like the next six months. And it's like, I don't even know if I'm going to them. I don't know if I'm registered, but I'm like, if I put a placeholder on the calendar, at least like I can get in sync with the wifey before then, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think it's so big. Like I didn't really think of myself as like a planner sort of person, but as like I, me like wanting to like keep pushing in melee, but like also, you know, I'm like 25. I'm like in that demographic that you're talking about of like, mm-hmm. where, where's my life going right now? And you know, what do I want out of life and what do I want out of Melee and everything? It's sort of like, you know, I still want to keep pushing with Melee, but the harder I want to push, the more I realize that I have to, one, plan everything. Like, most yeah. of my weeks are, like, planned, like, every day. Like, there's very rarely where I have a free, unplanned day. Yeah. Like, seven days in that, like, at least seven days in advance. And if it's, like, a free day, it's purposely left as a free day. So even my free days are planned, which is kind of ironic. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's so crazy. But it just lets me be able to, like, just not think about anything. Like, so if I'm playing Melee, like, that's my day. That's my time. I can play Melee. And you can and just like, focus have... on that, right? Yeah. And and then the other thing is, like, I'm noticing that, like, 
the better off I'm doing and like and I talk a lot this with like JD and stuff but like you know the more holistically I'm doing well like you know feeling good in my job feeling good with the girlfriend you know feeling good like you know physically like exercise health wise like it really like trickles into melee so like I feel like a lot of the time it's like sometimes like I'm just like not happy with melee because I like I'm not getting enough sleep and I'm noticing it's like a lot of like the small tangible tangible things that are like affecting it more than anything else Yo, absolutely. If there's like no, if there's like a little bit of off balance with, with my normal stuff, I definitely can't go into like a tournament or something, like full on. And it's not like I'm actively thinking about it, but it's just like, well, you know, I haven't been getting sleep right, or like work's been really stressful. You know that that kind of stuff definitely does trickle into it, and. I the biggest thing is like the planning, like get get on the Google Calendar and stuff. I, I feel like that makes everything easier because, like you said, mm-hmm. you if you have a day set out for something, it's like, you know, I'm, well, first you get first it's like good, but coming to terms with, well, I can't wake up and play like for, or I can't come back from work and play like three or four hours every night. You know, like mm-hmm. that was my big thing. I used I used to like when I was in between like full time and part time, I'd yeah. come I'd come home get dinner right, talk to wifey, hop on a computer, chit-chat with her a little bit, but, like, at the same time, like, oh, well, how was your day? Blah, 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 blah. And, like, I'm, I'm, I have, like, I have, like, Dolphin open. I'm on Discord, mm-hmm. went from at this. And, I, and, like, you know, we would talk a little bit. I'd play a little bit, then she'd go to sleep, and I'd play for, like, for like two hours. And that happened, like, every day for, for like, a stretch. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sitting there, like, dang. I'm playing, I'm doing all this gaming on the computer, but it's, like, something missing. And then, you know, it, it took a bit, right? You know, a little, little bit of adjustment, but, you yeah. know, playing every day, I mean, you could do it, but you also don't have to do it either, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you set your goals realistically. I mean, you know, Armada or something, you know, being someone, being someone on the level of Armada where he was just so polished all the time, it t- it's, it's really harder, way harder than it looks to be, right? Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, I like using Zane as the example because I think Martha's a really precise kind of character. And when he's yeah. very precise, he looks impossible to approach. And Zane sometimes looks like you just can't approach him. Like, you, you, just, <laughs> you, crouch, you just gotta crouch cancel and hope you get in. But, like, clean like clean approaching Zane sometimes looks ridiculous. Yeah. And I always, like, compare him, like, well, Zane plays, like, like when Zane was on his come-up come-up, I heard mm-hmm. he was playing like six hours a day, every single day, and it was like IBDW, KGH. He was playing like real, real hard folks every day, like six hours. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like no wonder he can hit those pivots like 99.9% out of the time, you know, like it's two one frame inputs. And I mean, yeah, if you practice it all the time, you can get it, you know, but how realistic is that for me as a player playing maybe like three times a week for like an hour, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, as a part of that, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, as a part of that balance is also like balancing yourself as a player too, right? So like, I know I'm not gonna be able to rely on pivots in the same exact way like Zane would, because Zane's mm-hmm. pol- Zane's polished, right? Yeah, but, there's like, a physical polishedness for it. Yeah, right. So I'm like, well, how can I make my style be more reflective or be a better representative of like the practice I'm getting? Because mm. I I can't I can't practice as much as I want to get the things like Zane. But I can practice to get the things down that are within my practice range and how how well of a run run can I create with limited resources, right? And mm-hmm. you know, 
this is part of like where my Magic the Gathering background comes in because sometimes you are not like if you ever played any trading card games, you're opening yeah. hand. Sometimes you don't have exactly what you need. You can build your deck around a combo, and good decks have good combos, but the best decks really have tools that either get you to your combo, and better yet, tools that can work around not having your main combo. And I think, you know, in the melee sense, my main combo is, you know, okay, I have pivots on deck. I have all the crazy technical stuff down, right? Mm -hmm. But with my limited resources, like as the magic, you may not get all the mana you want or something. You know, mm -hmm. you have to be able to work around and make things work until you either get to that get to that stride or like, you know, maybe you get part of that stride. So like there's some days where I'm feeling like A plus. Like I'm playing ridiculous. I'm hitting everything. I'm like, wow. You know, this is just like an on day. Because that's how it mm -hmm. is like basketball players and any sports player. You know, some days they're just on. And I'm like, I still have a few of those on days where I feel like I can beat almost anybody. Right. But it's yeah. like how well can I manage myself until I reach one of those days? Cause I'm 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 considering those days mostly random or like they have some part of chance in it, right? Like Yeah, yeah. There's some RNG for it for sure. Right. So it's like how well can I play around that until I get to that? Or how well can I play how can I play to facilitate that? And like I feel like that's what kinda of keeps me playing every once in a while. Like I'll just come out to a major just to see what I can do and I'll prep a little bit, but it's like, you know, still limited. But like you know, you if if you can come out, I mean, I feel like Armada is like an anomaly because he actually like I feel like he played like almost perfect all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's like with the work-life balance and whatever a lot of people are running into, like, it, like when West Balls was hot. Remember when West Balls was really hot? Like, yeah, yeah, I remember West that. Balls that could like, be what, touched. He was the Falco. Twenty fifteen. Right? Yeah, yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Like Sandstorm. Right, Sandstorm yeah. West Balls. He like couldn't be touched. He was like the best Falco. And I'm like, mm -hmm. damn, he's like on fire right now. No one can touch him. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. like, you know, he kind of, like, disappeared for a bit, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Like, he, or he hasn't been playing as much, right? And I'm, and I'm thinking, I said, dang, whatever happened to West Balls? I know he's, like, still good, but he's not, like, definitively the Falco, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, like, I feel like his style changed a bit, too. Like, it used to be, like, I feel like Bobby Big Balls is, like, derivative of what West Balls used to be. Or maybe, like, um, like comparatively, I feel like West Balls was, like, Bobby Big Balls, but, like, Way more like polished because Bobby Big Balls is crazy. Like he he does like some really sick stuff. That I like. Yeah, yeah. But like I feel like seeing West Balls like over the past like five years, or so I feel like his style has just changed a little bit. It's like more efficient, and I'm like thinking, I said, hmm, maybe he's like doing work like balance stuff, and and like well he can't practice enough to like to hit all that crazy stuff all the time, you know. And he's just like working to his strengths and stuff. And I, I feel like it makes sense. I mean, I don't know him personally. Like, I played him a few sets, but... Excuse me. I feel like... I feel like he definitely changed his style. And, like, you know, he doesn't play as much either, you know? Mm -hmm. But he's yeah, still I definitely a good player. Agree. Yeah, yeah, he's such a good player. And, you know, you're right. I love the idea that you mentioned about, like, your practice range. Like, you use that vocabulary. And it's, like, really... Like, you're also just not just, like trying to play the way that you want to play, but also factoring in, like, what you're able to do with the, with the time that you have. And I think that's, like, the the biggest thing. Because even, like, if, like, uh, there's a lot of crazy heads in Melee who, like, are really good, a lot of the time I think that, like, Melee is still very much, like, when compared to other esports and other sports, like, pretty loose in terms of training regimens and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and it's that's why it's so obvious when someone's, like, just on it like that, like Zane or... IBW or Leffen or whoever, 
that like oh yeah like no wonder they can't be touches because they actually like treat it like as if they're like or like lebron or whoever right right you can just tell they're like a step ahead of everybody who who mm. isn't in that same like class and you're just like you can look at it in, like the first few moments of the game you're like yeah he's about to win this set because i mean unless this person pulls something out of the hat it's like they like they they're tuned you know and mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like we're all professional tennis players or trainers and salaries and all that stuff so everyone doesn't really have time to do that so like I know it's like kind of a meme where it's like, oh, well, you know, you're just practicing your mom's basement all the time and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, in a way, like the the way the game is going now, since I'd say like a good chunk of the game is actually solved. So people can really train mm-hmm. to certain things, especially with all like the the Uncle Punch and all that stuff. Like you can really just train to certain things now. So yeah. like, it's like, like treating that practice thing as a meme is kind of silly now. Because if you think about it, you know, someone like... um uh, uh Roger Federer you mm-hmm. know or Tom Brady they obviously train way harder than anybody else because they have to right they're older so they have to train twice as hard as people just to be in like conditional shape not even talent I'm talking about just being in shape so they yeah. have to train it extra hard all the time so like if you if you take out like the meat the mean piece of like the training in your mom's basement thing and if you think about actual like time it would make sense that someone like Mewtwo King has been good for such a long time and like it's always going to be considered like top five all-time talent Mm -hmm. because like he undoubtedly puts so much time into the game he understands everything so much and i I don't think anyone has more hours clocked to him in the game so like if you think about it like if you break that down just to many scenarios it's like all right so you know um trying to think of a mid-level player who's like pretty likes oh uh so like spark or like captain face roll Mm-hmm. Face was so good now. I can I can see he's like hitting like he's hitting like this crazy stride where he's gonna be ridiculous. But, yeah, yeah. So I want like like face roll or spark or something. I like I like spark as an example because he's on like a come up. So mm-hmm. spark, you know, like he's really good at um like your really good bread and butter chic stuff. And to me, like I, if I see him play, it's apparent when he's trained when he's like trained up or not or if something got in the way of his ability to train because or you know who's who's a better example? Someone here. Um, just what kind Jason. of player are you looking? Yeah, okay, uh, just Jason. Just Jason. Yeah. yeah, he's a better example. I know him a little more. Just Jason. So like, I can t- like it's day and night when he's uh, in practice or not. And same thing with oh, Flex so too. much. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's day and night. Like I can tell. Like just Jason. He's in practice. He gives me trouble no matter what. I don't care. Yeah. Who, I don't care how good I'm playing. His style gives me trouble. So mm-hmm. when I so if something something's in the way. Like I mean, well, he's like in high school or something like that. I can like tell like he's doing other stuff, right? Because like mm-hmm. he's not hitting the tech chases all the way, or he's not reacting all the way, and it's or he just doesn't like, have the edge guards like that. Right, right, and it's like you can just you can just see it, and like that di- that level of discipline comes into play hardcore because it's like you know what's he gonna do? Like skip school to go play to try to be like to be like plup chic or something? He can't, right? It's mm-hmm. like you gotta you gotta like really try to balance. You gotta balance and like to me change like play within your practice range, like and I. Play within your practice range. Just, just kind of hope that you get on some days. Because I mean, if you're that good of a player, if you're that talented, you you can actually get on, and mm-hmm. you know, play pretty well. But it's tough, man. The, the the whole the whole balance thing is tough. And I just hope that like the folks out there don't make silly decisions where like they want to jump, they want to like jump head into something. Like there was a story. Like I I'll never forget. I was at uh, I was at the big house, and some kid was in med school. I don't even know who he was. So he, some kid was in med school playing with his buddy at this major. 
he mm-hmm. was talking about dropping out of med school to stream like Mango, and the one kid was like, ah, you know, I you know, maybe, but he was like, he kind of was waffling. He didn't want to like give him the real, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like dog, like don't drop him. I walked over and was like, yeah, no, nah, I was like, kid, like you shouldn't do that just to stream like Mango. <laughs> like if you're in med school, like don't do that. Like I was like, I I told I told his friends like don't let him do that. Like. Tell him, tell him to stay oh in med gosh. school. But yeah, he yeah. was really like, I feel like he was really considerate because they Holy could be talking about for a minute. And I'm like, yo, no, man, like, yeah, this is balance shit, man. You gotta really uh, do it after the degree. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And like, I see a lot, of, I see a lot of posts about it and stuff. And I guess back when, back when I kind of was in that same range, like maybe Twitter, Smash Twitter was, I like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, you do see a lot of that kind of post now, and like. I don't know. We feel a little bit sorry for folks now, but it's at the same time, it's like, it's just real stuff. It's going to happen with everything, right? Not just Smash. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, I definitely went through, like, that too, and, and I know I haven't, like, reached, like, you know, as far of the heights as, like, some other players, but, like, there was definitely like, some time where, like, my main focus was mainly, like, back, like, post, post-college, post right? Like, yeah. when, right when I moved into the city, I was on the grind. I still think I am, but you know, it definitely is different. And, like, I remember a, there was a point in last year where I was just like, you know what, like, I, I love Melee, but I really would love to also further my career and stuff like that. And Absolutely. and that's, like, really important to me also. Uh, and I think it's also about, like, one thing I preach a lot is um, I think there's a lot of wasted time. Like, so we're talking about, like, practice ranges. And, like, they are, it's true. Like, there are certain things where you, like, don't have as much time as, like, say, someone else who's just, like, streams and stuff and their stream can be them practicing right and and that's that that they just there's a sort of synergy to that but i think there's also like a lot of wasted time to and there's a lot of ways to increase your practice range that like is is just that's small differences like um for me like most of my commutes i you know like i have a job so like i have a you know solid salary and stuff so like you know i realized there are two big things i sort of realized and one was you know you know, I have some, so I'll let me get the YouTube subscription. So I have YouTube premium, but that's just so I can download YouTube videos mm-hmm. because every morning, you know, it's like a 30, 45 minute train ride into work. I'm doing VOD analysis, you yeah. know, and that's like where I sort of like, I'm like, oh, you know, like instead of like watching Netflix or something like that on the train or like stuff like that, like this is a good chunk where I can like actually like train myself. Right. And, but also like realizing like what advantages you have. Like, for example, I remember two Omegas ago, I was like, um, yeah, so like pretty much last year, almost a year from now, I was like, I was money matching everyone. And I remember thinking after playing like Triff, Milkman, Over, you know, whoever, I'm like, they're playing a different game than me. Like, you know, I, my, my brain's not there yet, right? Right. And so I'm like, you know, you know, maybe I might not have as much time. So what can I do to like kind of jumpstart that? And I'm like, well, I have money. So, you know, let me get like a Drug Fox listener too. And, like, right. that's really, like, help. And, like, realizing that, like, some disadvantages that you have, like, sometimes, like, having time is your advantage or having resources, like, money is your advantage. And then, like, how you make the most of, like, the cards that you're dealt is sort of, like, really important. Like, I'm finding... It's funny because it's coming full circle now when you're talking about, like, how polished people are. Mm-hmm. But, like, the last year, I feel like most of what I've done is to improve is changing the way I think and see the game. And now it's about like going back to polishing it now. Not now it's just like you see it, so now you have to like do it too. Right. And like right. now I'm hitting the lab more and doing solo practice and stuff like that. But you know, it's 
it's really interesting sort of like that sort of dichotomy of like trying to think of like you have this but don't have that but like then you still just have to play the cards that you're dealt you know you being a magic player also like i'm sure you're very used to that that's i think that's what makes um mango a really good player because mango how so so i feel like i don't know if mango because mango like He's not. I think he said it too. He's not like a sit down and twenty xx play. He don't. He won't sit down and just like try to like hit one thing, right? Or mm-hmm. I'm or I'm gonna practice pivots for two hours. He that's not him, right? So like I feel like when Mango was like in his stride, doing really well still, I feel like one thing about his game and that was also to his advantage is that he had so many different tools that he used. So like there are some times where I see Mango hit like drill on the back of your shield on like a cross up or like mm-hmm. dr- or drill shield poke or something or drill on the back of back side of the of the character into like you know reverse wave shine up smash right kind of simple right yeah there would be days i see him hit that every single time and there's other days where i see him not do that he would do the shine but he can't get the um up he, wouldn't, smash. He, he wouldn't get the up smash so he would just do a turnaround there on your shield and stay pressure or something right little mm-hmm. things like that so I'm I'm looking and I'm like, you know, what makes Rango really good is that he really works with what he's what he's good at for a day. Like I feel like there was a time like every weekend or every like other weekend when Mango and Armada would play in the grand finals or something or like Mango Hungry Box or you know, when they were traveling hardcore and actually like yeah. playing hard. It was like, All right, what what trick does Mango have now, right? That's that's good. One time it was like just Jill, it was a drill shine into um, jump cancel grab he was doing that a lot i'm like all right he, that like that's his hot thing right now you know but like the next week i wouldn't see it he wouldn't do it at all right <laughs> but he, he he'd be doing something else that he's like on fire with and i feel like it was you know maybe the drill sh- a shine jump cancel grab was optimal but like mango's doing like on a comfort level like well i can hit this and do this way more consistently than i can hit this jump cancel shine grab right now Mm-hmm. So like he would do other things that would still yield him really good results. That's like to me that's like the crazy thing because, you know, I could chain grab you on FD, you know, hit the pivot, pivot regrab at nineteen percent on Fox, which is like really hard to do sometimes. Um, yeah, I can do that, or I can just like up tilt you and try tech chase, right? Or you know, uh, make it not so optimal. But Mango would Mango would be in that scenario. But he wouldn't do he wouldn't do the pivot grab at nineteen percent. He would just do another option that would still yield the same result. And like to me, like that's like that's just like something you can't teach. That's just like decision making and kind of instinct. Where he had limited resources, but he would just re- or it appeared to be that he had re- limited resources, right? I don't think he's like an optimal player anyway. But like there's definitely but he's definitely the most streaky out of like the big five, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like he was one of the best ones at using his limited resources. And it was very clear when he was on fire because, like, when he was on fire in his prime, like, Armada even had, like, a whole bunch of trouble dealing with him. But, like, yeah. I feel like he never he, he never really hit that stride a whole bunch. But mm-hmm. he just he just had really good optimization of, like, his tool set during a particular tournament. And, like, that that's, like, to me, that, that kind of, like, motivated me. I'm like, damn, Mango's not even hitting those optimal stuff. He's just... He's using what he has and like make, and just making it really good. Like you know, all these like weird options. You know, Mango. He's yeah. like he's doing like the crazy down airs, or he'll like he'll f smash your shield, knowing that it's gonna be like uh, perfectly spaced, and he's already ready for you on mm-hmm. your reaction there. Little stuff like that. It's like you know, I don't have to I don't have to practice everything frame perfect to to do decent. And you know, I'm not trying to win the tournament like Mango, 
But it's like if I can break that down in small scenarios over and over, I can probably feel good about playing and, you know, not going into a set thinking, dang, did I practice my tech chases today or this week? You know, I don't have to think about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like having backup plans to like when things don't go your way because it's it's tournament like it's very rarely that everything goes your way, right? Yeah, he was he was but, the best at that. He was the best yeah. at backup plans. Like that that was his thing. And you just mm-hmm. see so many players like fall apart where it's like, you know, I mean, I'm and I'm not trying to. I'm just like calling the facts. I mean, someone like Dr. PP, like it's very obviously, mm-hmm. very obviously, obviously he was very it was very obvious when he was off, right? Yeah, like, visibly frustrated that he's not hitting his stuff and mm-hmm. like. Seldom do you see Mango in his prime like that. Like, oh, I didn't hit that. It's like he just goes on some, something else and he, like, makes it work. But there's a lot of players where they're just not hitting anything and they're doing a head shake and they vi- they're visibly, like, off. And it's like, yeah. I never, I never want to get to that because it's like, well, that means I have, that means I didn't practice enough for what I was trying to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you can go the other way and make sure that you are on most of the time. Like, you know, right. Hax is a player like that where... You know, like, yeah, sometimes he's off. Like, SmashCon wasn't a great showing for sure for him. But, like, how often do you see, you know, Aziz, Aziz being hacks, like, off, right? Not like, it's often. so rare. And it's just, like, but, like, you know, it, it's almost like OCD where he, like, misses a ledge dash. I feel like he's, like, grown up a little bit because you see him miss a ledge dash now yeah. and not immediately go back to ledge to try to hit it again. <laughs> I remember those days. He yeah, was, right. He was the in in tournament, just air dodge off, run back to ledge with his two seconds of invisibility, hit the ledge dash, and go. Okay, we're good now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you see him like play out from it, but you know, I think he's a great example. And I think it's also like one thing that like you kind of like alluded to is like Mango and like even like a lot of top players, right? Like and understand what kind of player they are, and like right. understand their like strengths and weaknesses, and like. Even though melee is like you know a mostly, not you know for some characters a lot of it is just way more solved than a lot of other games for sure right yeah um and even though there's that like there's so many different ways to play the characters and sometimes it's not just about like what's the most optimal but it's like you know I remember reading this in a book but I only under I'm starting to understand it now like I read it in the Art of Learning where you know sometimes the best players are the best players because they're they can force you to play their game where all of their where all of, like where you know they're always in an advantage the options that they choose are just better at, versus you and like they force you to play their game a lot of the time where they card it's not that they don't have weaknesses or it's just that the, their game minimizes on that it doesn't matter right like mango doesn't need to have for example like super good defense or not super, you know, I don't want to, like, overgeneralize because Mango's, like, there's a lot going on under, underneath the hood. Right, he's, he's right? excellent like, defensively, too, right? He's excellent. Yeah, I hate that I hate that thing, so I'm just trying to catch myself. But, gotcha. you know, like, he, you know, putting him in scramble situations where you have to just think on the feet, like, mit- mitigates the amount of set plays that he has to, like, face against, right? Right. And, like, that's, like, a, a, a solid example of it. But, like, I'm starting to realize it now where it's, like, oh, what are my strengths as a player? And you have to, like, come to terms with that that even if you like don't play the way that like you know a lot of other players are playing your character like you you have to still acknowledge your strengths and weaknesses that's why i love Dreffin. he's really he's a really good example of what you're saying like on a more like because like top five level is really complex right but yeah. like if you go down a little further like to like Dreffin's level mm-hmm. it, to me it makes it nice it, it makes it a more clear example where like 
you know, when you're in his, when you're in Jeffrey's wheelhouse, it's a really good wheelhouse, right? Like Mm -hmm. we saw that with West Balls, like, you know, West Balls, obviously, you know, ranking wise and everything, you know, definitely the higher seed expected to win in in a matchup that's a little bit more favored for Falco, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But like Jeffrey's wheelhouse for Falco was just so good in that particular set where it was like, if I grab you at a certain point of the stage at a certain percent, my odds, my odds of taking your stock are very high, right? Mm-hmm. And he happened to, he kept, he kept happened to, he, he happened to keep forcing those scenarios, and it wasn't necessarily West Ball's getting outplayed super crazily. It was just he was getting outplayed to the point where Jeffrey got into his wheelhouse and characters like Sheik in you know in that particular in that particular mm-hmm. matchup and how he plays. If you're in Sheik's wheelhouse in some matchups, it is just ridiculously hard to to come out without any kind of consequences, right? Like I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's a lot of what Sheik is really great at. And this in the meta, right? It's like, well, if I if I get down throw you at a certain time and, you know, make one or two reactions or maybe make a guess or two you know, you're in a bad spot regardless. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to at least I'm going to at least tie damage with you or put you off stage in a bad scenario. And like being able just to force those situations a bunch, it not necessarily means you're the better player. It's just like, you know, how often can I can I put you at disadvantage statistically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is a numbers game. Like, and it's funny because West Balls is the same exact sort of player, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. You get him into like this sort of like mode, like it's like almost like a what's the word I'm looking for? It's just like his arena, like it's a stage change, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, now I got like plus thirty percent attack and stuff like that, like just because you're playing in the situations that you know he's grinded out. I love seeing that with players. To me, that's what makes the, like the game really unique. It's like, okay, where where are these players like really strong at, right? Like. Uh-huh. What scenarios are they really good at where you just kind of don't want to get into it? You know, like uh, one of the players here, um, to me, he's really good at it is Warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of one of those. He's kind of one of those players where he he can put you in his wheelhouse. And if he, if you're in his wheelhouse, like you know, another like really dominant like offensive character being mm-hmm. like Falco, if he can put you in his wheelhouse, he's like super dangerous because he's got he's got all the answers already figured out, right? He know he can crouch cancel here. He can buffer. He get buffer mm-hmm. buffer the ASDI here. It's like, you know, he's already he's already practiced in that in that particular scenario. So it's like, well, I kind of have to avoid the scenario, and then like it just levels to it because then you're then you're not really avoiding moves, you're avoiding scenarios. And then if he understands you're avoiding scenarios, then you know his option to get you in that scenario to counter your counter could be something really easy, right? And the next thing mm-hmm. you know, you're back in that same spot, and it's just like. You know, and it, you're doing all this like Yomi level stuff, but you really even haven't like done anything technical yet, and that's the scary part. Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're doing you're doing all this Yomi, and then it's like, dang, he's not even in an execution test yet. So like, if he's if he's execution testing to get through all that, to get through all those layers, it's like one thing. But if it's just him like standing in a certain spot or th- looking like he's gonna back air, it's like, wow, like, what do I do now? And to me, that's what makes like Falco, you know, Falco really powerful. Like short hop laser and just like auto cancel mm-hmm. back air. To me, like, you know, I I remember being able just to beat people just with like 
flow cancel back here because they didn't understand that like by just turning around and standing still within a certain range, I'm forcing him I'm forcing them into like my wheelhouse where they're not prepared, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the, the game is crazy now, so like there's a whole bunch of that going on, but it's interesting kind of picking it out between players, like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna like develop devolve or disclose everything that I know is from like warmer's play. But like there's definitely certain things where I play him in particular where I'm like, Yeah, all right, I know certain things to avoid, right? And, yeah, yeah. And that's like with a lot of players and it's more like player knowledge and game knowledge too, but like it's it's so much where, you know, remember in Mewtwo King used to be able to just, you know, practice a bunch of tech skill and do all the computer combos mm-hmm. and, and get pretty far. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, someone could practice tech chasing and get really far. But it's, you know, being really good in this game and to me in general is like, you know, understanding the technical aspect and also understanding like the mental aspect where you have to go into a match trying to understand the most about your opponent. And maybe it's not so much, well, you know, I know Spark likes to grab here. It's more like, okay, I'm going into this match. What are they doing in this set that I can mm-hmm. adapt to as opposed to doing a bunch of homework prior and saying, okay, you know, Mango likes it do this here because he did it like the last five tournaments like the game changes and moves so fast it's really hard to like pin down someone's like stuff like permanently like even the example of warmer like he, he, he does new stuff like every other time <laughs> i play him so like you know I, I have general stuff but like i still have to go into the set thinking okay i just need to react and understand what he wants to do and where he yeah. likes to be yeah actually you know what's funny is you're we're kind of that um you know, you know who Panos is, right? Like, yep. you know, yeah, the Falcon from Philly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, you know, I, I'm good friends with him, and we always talk about this a lot. And you know, shout outs to him for this like sort of concept uh, that like I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more like one, once he comes on because he's definitely someone I want to come on. I also know he like loves the podcast, so I just want to give him a shout out. Uh, but um, he talks about this idea of maximizers and minimizers, which is I find really cool. So, like, the idea is, like, you, you have certain players that, you know, at the start of their sort of melee development, like, you know, once they can move around and they know how the game works and they start having, like, general ideas of the matchup and stuff like that, you, you can you can kind of go, like, two routes. And, like, it can flip-flop, of course, but, like, you know, you have maximizers where they maximize what they have, right? And then you have minimizers where they try to minimize all the weaknesses, mm. too. And I I love that concept because you really see it in in certain players, like, whether they're, like, they're really just trying to minimize their weaknesses or they're, they're trying to like maximize on like everything that they have. Right. That and I think a that's a cool way to think about it. I never even thought about it like that. Yeah, I know. Right. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's so cool. Like it gives you a little, it gives me goosebumps when I, when I always think about it. Cause like once you start putting players in like those holes, not like you want to pigeonhole them, but like it just comes out in their personality and their play, like West balls and like, being very much like a maximizer sort of player, right? Versus like, you know, someone like maybe like Swedish. Uh, Swedish. Yeah, Swedish is a great example of like minimizing all the errors. Yeah. I remember him talking about that to me when at, or he was talking about it in passing or something. And I that I thought about it, I sat down and watched him I'm like, yo, this guy doesn't even make any errors. Like he don't do any missed inputs at all. Like mm-hmm. Everything he does with a reason. And if he doesn't have a reason to do something, he just doesn't do it. He just stands still. And I'm like, wow. You know, I know a lot of people who just dash dance in place just to do it. You know, just, just to keep their hands busy. But, like, mm. he's got purpose with everything. So, that's the... He's, like, the first person I thought of when you when you brought that 
the minimizer and maximizer out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Panos kind of bodied me in, in Philly. He's he's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's super good. He's uh, super good. I, I enjoy playing him. We played on that play a while ago, too, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah. He actually just beat um Squid at Smash Camp. Not surprised. Not surprised. Yeah, he's I know. ridiculous. So, yeah, I know. I had, like, this super tight set with him at, at Small. Barely, barely escaped with my life. Wow. But, but super tight set, for sure, at Small. Um. But yeah, I mean, I love talking about like these melee concepts and stuff like that. But one thing I also wanted to ask is, you know, you've been in the scene for a while and you're starting to, I'm starting to see you on the mic more. How How's that been? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I commentated at Shine. Um, I just did it as a favor to Stock. Um, mm-hmm. They were, they're looking for some folks, some more local folks. So they had already got like Armada and stuff out and they were trying to get more talent around and it's fun. I mean, I, I used to commentate a while ago, and mm-hmm. there was just a point where, in my like melee career, I guess, um, I kind of saw both paths because I, I mean, I I was commentating back when it, like first got hot. I remember when mm-hmm. TK Breezy was first trying to commentate and EE. I remember oh, wow. when they were just starting to commentate and like, you know, at pound five, which is a VOD I don't like. <laughs> my commentary in but at pound five i remember there was like a line people trying to get on the mic to commentate and gamer had asked me to do it because he had heard me do it with d1 and Prague. you know when we were in the city doing all that stuff like no johns mm-hmm. and revival you know all like the little stuff but he had asked me to do it and i you know i was like okay i'll do it and like i did a few more times after that um as favors and stuff and I remember just thinking about it as everyone's on there come up, seeing all the people like start to like actually get into it and like commentary be like an actual thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can kind of see where this is going, right? So like, I always use the analogy where like I kind of could see the abyss where it's like two paths. I can I can go the commentary route or I can like play because I can't stretch the time too much. And I mean, still now I'm still like more of a player than anything. I mm-hmm. like. The whole thing from um, the the Smash Summit commentary instead, it was kind of funny, but it was like also I I kind of can see it. I'm like, well, I don't want to put the time in the commentary because that could be time I could be using to play and get yeah, better and just like hone in on my skills. So I mean, it's it's been fun doing it, but I don't think I'll. I mean, honestly, I don't think I'll ever just like commentate instead honestly it's more like a one-time thing here and there it's it's fun i got a lot of like positive um feedback from it. a lot more positive feedback than i thought um so i probably could do it again if i really wanted to pursue it you love but the game I, too much yeah and that's it's kind of like the character um mm-hmm. peace, peace craft and gundam like he could have been he could be like a politician or something or he could have just been someone who wasn't really about war like that. He would be someone who could be like a war hero and herald as a politician or like some figure, but he chose to like just go rogue at the end of the series and like do his own thing, still like in a warrior kind of preventing war setting and I'm just like, yo, that's kind of like me cuz mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily just want to like commentate and just like I mean I I mean I easily could, right? It's like if I really press to do it and, you know, really bump the elbows or whoever I need to do, you know, I mean, I know, I know all these TOs from like a while ago. So it's like, you know, I, I can, I can get in and, and do it if I really wanted to, but it's just like, yeah, uh, I just want to play the game. I, I, I want to play the game. And 
it was fun, and I'll do it every once in a while, but I still I still have a lot of fun just practicing and seeing how far I can push myself with my limited resources. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really know the the commentary side. I feel like I just see you doing it at, like, Shine, so I, I wanted to ask about it, but that's really cool. Like, And I totally understand that, because, like, whenever I think about, like, you know, like, if I could, like, because I think, like, you know, when once you fall in love with, like, Melee and, like, you, you fall in love with the community, too, obviously. Right. It, and you want to do so much for the community at the same time. But when you realize, like, I only have, like, this amount of energy to give for it, like, where 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 do I really want to be in it? And, like, yeah. for me, even, like, it's just, like, you know, minus, like, me doing, like, the Kumite for, like, a fun sort of experience, house tournament sort of thing, like, you know... You know, that's as much as I want to do. And, like, this podcast, obviously. Right. But, like, the rest of the time, I just want to be a player. <laughs> yeah, man. that That's the best, man. Like, I I played a bunch of games. And, I, you know, I try to not necessarily fill the void in Melee, but just see, like, what else is, like, out there. It's kind of like it. And it's just, it's such a unique game that, you know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take playing it in a part-time setting over just commentary, like, any day of the week. That's, yeah. That's, like, without question. But yeah, man, I used to commentate a lot. A whole That's bunch. cool. Pro- like, yo, honestly, I'm not going to say we started it because Homie Waffles and Phil was doing it on the other side of the country. But mm-hmm. I feel like it was Homie Waffles, Phil, Prague, D1, Reno, and me. Like, the six yeah. of us, I feel like we were the ones who started commentating on videos. I mean, other other than that MLG stuff that really wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, it's people just yelling, but like actually trying to commentate and stuff. I feel like it was like the four of us and try to say area and fill in waffles. I'm probably missing somebody elsewhere, but I feel like those are like the main four for me, Prog D one, Reno and then Homie Waffles and Phil. I feel like I feel like they were the ones kinda like doing it and I was like I I was just in that bunch rotating with them and it was fun. But I mean see look where I got D one, right? Like Yeah. That's the crazy thing about it. Like I remember it's just it's crazy if you, I just remember seeing when we started and I'm like, you see where everyone's paths went. It's like almost like RPG. Cause like you see, you see everyone like split up like at the end and like do their own thing and you're just like, wow man like, you know regardless of how big D1 gonna be or whatever it's like, look, I can still walk up to him at a tournament and you know, we we just talk like it was like it just was yesterday you know and that, and that like to me that's like the cool thing about it like I saw I think I saw D1 at tournament last year and it just was like, it was like nothing right and then you got meanwhile you got fans like nervous to go talk to him and stuff like that and it's, and it's just like nah man it's been around so long <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah it must be crazy like seeing you know obviously while you're growing up too but seeing like everyone sort of grow up you know like even i still remember like even my first connecticut tournament back when i was like a falco main i met you and you told Yo. me i had to like laser more and shit like that and I, then re- I-, I remember that that was the old that was the old venue when it was yeah, uh, yeah, that that those are some times. It it it, it time it, it goes by pretty fast, right? Like it's not like um, it feels like yesterday sometimes, but like it's it's been a while seeing everyone come up and like slocks. I remember him walking to my house to play to play casuals, and and now I mean he's like a world talent now. So it's just it's fun seeing everyone come up and do better. And, you know, it's even more fun when you see people, like, make really good choices with, like, you know, whether it's, you know, I mean, you got to start small, right? Because I remember mm-hmm. some folks, I, I feel like I'm picking on Music King, but I feel like Music King used to not eat. 
at yeah, tournaments. Yeah. I, you know, all that. And I now you just see people like, you know, you got Calvar, like, you know, I'm, I'm the most hydrated person ever, you know, like, you, it, it's nice to see people grow and actually make good choices, like, mm-hmm. career-wise and stuff, too. So it's, it's so cool seeing people like, oh, I'm getting this job, I'm starting, or, you know, I just got this finance position, or I'm moving, and all that. It's, it's nice seeing that and then, then playing the game, too. Because, I mean, yeah, you could be good at the game, but, like, seeing, seeing you grow as a person as a whole is nice, you know. It's, it's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, you're such a dad. <laughs> you're such a dad to the community. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I no. feel like me and Tian kind of filled that role for a bit, like, in our respective areas. <laughs> but it's, it's still nice to see, man. It's just like... Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, like, I started Melee late, but, you know, age-wise, I'm definitely, like, older, too, like, being 20, yeah. 25 and stuff like that. And I think, like... uh one thing that's like you know we're always talking about like balancing life and stuff like that one thing i definitely want to see is i feel like you we haven't seen so many times where you people like i feel like people either make the decision of like job or melee or that like they were already good at melee and then they got a job right right but i i really want to like you know when i like rethinking like my personal like melee goals and and stuff like and like what i want to get out of it and stuff like that and one thing is just like the realization that like I'll just keep playing melee forever. Like there's just no no doubt in that. <laughs> like right. any any I'll always be itching for for games and stuff. But, you know, I'd love to like I you know, I started like junior year of college and you know, I'm hitting maybe my like 5 years anniversary in a few months, but like seeing how far I can get while trying to balance out everything cuz I feel like and that's also like partially why like I wanted to start this podcast with jd and stuff like that is like to hear other people's stories like you know what we're doing now but like also like document like the journey up of trying to balance everything and still like crack you know see how far you can crack you know that's that's the best part man that that's the best part because you feel good about yourself at the end of the day because you understand that you did the best you could with what you had you know Mm -hmm. like I'm never going to go to a tournament and get salty and throw my controller because I lost a hungry box in the first round of, mm-hmm. of like winner's side pools. That's never going to happen because it's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm doing the best with what I can do. And, you know, if I'm competitive, then I'm good. You know, like if everyone just played the game just to win, then there wouldn't be a lot of people. You'd have a lot of people just, OK, mm-hmm. I'm not practicing enough. Let me not enter this tournament. Which which has happened with some of the top level talent. I won't won't call any names out because I don't really don't like I I don't like that. I feel like you know it, it's cherry picking. But anyway, that can yeah of course that. that can be a whole other podcast. But um, <laughs> um yeah I I there wouldn't be players entering all these tournaments by the thousands or hundreds or whatever if they all were intent on just winning the tournament. A lot mm-hmm. of people like to get a lot more out of the game than just winning the event. It's more like can I play well? Can I make it to the stream? Can I take a sock off Mango? Can I, you know, all all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, beyond, like, the two spectrums where there's just someone who's like, oh, well, let me see if I can take a stock off, off Hungrybox or let me shake someone's hand. And then the other spectrum where it's like, yeah, I got to win this tournament or, like, I'm not going to get a sponsor or something, right? Mm-hmm. That whole that whole middle ground of, like, I would call, like, maybe two to 300 players, like, the ones who who play it because they want to push themselves really far and they haven't got to that spot just yet. Like, 
to me that's the most interesting part like seeing seeing how far PPU pushes himself without switching to Fox or like mm-hmm. um seeing seeing how far face roll can go like out of region that that kind of thing is I it, it's really nice seeing how they can push themselves and you know that's that's you know that's that's beyond just like the game you know that's just like in general you always want to see people push themselves and challenge themselves at least I do it's like to me, it makes life interesting. See how far they can go, even career-wise. You know, it's like, how far can I? How far can I get in this company? How much money can I make in this company before I have to dip? You know. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and you know, you it's it's kind of like you always want to see someone at their best. And I think that's you know, even though we're nervous and sometimes we don't want to enter, you know, sometimes we don't want to play this person because they they they're really good versus you and it's like a bad matchup. But like at the at the same time, it's like you're nervous but excited at the same time where you want to. You kind of want to have that experience where you're, where you're not sure if you're gonna win or not, and see, you know, if you can pull it out. Cause that, you know, that's a good feeling when you pull out a big win or or win that you weren't supposed to get, you know. And like that, that's the whole thing I feel people chase a lot, and it's nice, you know, it's kind of validation for what you what you can and can't do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like it's almost like, I think the thing is, is like everyone wants to be like the protagonist right of of their life right like and, right. and and i mean that's just a natural inclination right like we you know we see it through our eyes but i think that the tough thing is what what's considered the meeting that goal right because i think the 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 dichotomy like the yeah the dichotomy with it is like you know you want to be the protagonist of your life but then you're just basing it off of like whether you win tournaments or you get sponsored or stuff like that but there's so many ways to win at life right and you get the you know growing up right like you know recently like within the last year realizing that like you can choose the way what you know how you want to win at something is is something that's like not really taught when you're younger but just i guess something that you realize as you grow older for sure yeah it it, it's really it's kind of tough to like even teach that with a kid right Mm because it's like it just is so tailored to you as an individual and it's so int- it's such an int- introspective kind of idea but i mean yeah i agree with that 100 percent though it's not really like if i want to win every tournament every tournament this year then i just want to enter any tournaments but it's like it's, you got to decide what makes what makes you happy with what with how you're doing and stuff and you know seeing the community and stuff is fun too you know playing everybody interacting it's the interaction that's that's the fun part too and you know, yeah yeah there's so many little layers to it that just go beyond like take, taking home a first place trophy and mm-hmm. you know some of the top players you know they feel like it's a job and they lose all the other stuff so you know part of me wants to be you know yeah i always want to be like the best player but you know seeing what ar and hbox go through sometimes or went through sometimes it's like Yo, if they're not even having fun doing it no more, it's like, do mm-hmm. I re- do I even really want to be up there like that? You know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm always in a good place in melee, like level and talent wise. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be Hbox just beating everybody all the time. I don't know how fun that's gonna be for me, especially mm-hmm. if people are on me all the time and all that. It's like, man, yeah, I that's tough. Gonna come up. Yeah, I mean, I used to, I used to not like him a lot, like when he first mm-hmm. first started. I was like, man, he's back airing and stuff. But like, <laughs> I actually respected the most out of all the top players. <laughs> I, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I was I was just talking to him at Shine and we were just like chit chatting and stuff and he's like he's like, Oh, how's the house going? And I was like, Oh, how's your house going? Or you know, how how's how's everything going? We just chit chatting like we're just regular people and I you know, I really kinda of valued that because it's like, you know, you're more than what you are just inside the game, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And to me, he's like a big representation. Him and like PC Chris, you know, they're like the biggest representations of that for me. PC Chris did a lot for me, like yeah. motivation wise. Absolutely, man. Like, dang, I feel like I could be on like three podcasts. I feel like I'm going over. Dude, there's no such thing as going over. Tell me about PC Chris. Bro, PC Chris, he now he was one of the first people I saw that was like. So it's kind of like how the documentary put it, like. He was like the first cool guy. Like you had all these people who would play melee, right? But like back then, at least it was like you had Mutsu King who didn't really talk much. You had Chillindu who kind of was like a little bit of a jerk. Like he was cocky. Mm-hmm. Like and he was ki- and he was kind of <laughs> unapproachable a little bit. Like me and him were like the same age or something. But like he had been playing already. He was like nice. I remember like this is like pound two. Chillindu was yeah. nice. He was on rotations with Neo, bopping people. I was like, wow, this guy's nice. I sat down and set up with him. He bodied me, and then I just like, I felt like I, I, he definitely like cold shouldered me. I was like trying to talk and stuff, but he just was bodying me, and I was like, dang. Like Damn. so he like he like Chillindu was kind of cocky. Mutant King didn't talk. I'm trying to think about the top players. Isaiah really wasn't around. Ken didn't really talk. Mm-hmm. And then like um, this is before KDJ, a little bit before KDJ, but KDJ was cool too. But like then I ran to this guy like. And he he lived like close to me too. Like this guy's like, yo, I'm Chris, and I'm like, Chris. I was like, oh, it's like PC Chris. Like this guy's really good. But like, he would just talk to you, like you know, like you just were anybody. And like I feel like I kind of took that when I started like being on my come up way aeons ago. Like I feel like I go out of my way to like talk to lower level players or just like make people feel mm-hmm. welcome because it's like. I feel like that's what PC Chris did to me. Like I wasn't nobody, mm. and and PC would sit down. He would sit and play with me. He can, you know, he'll tell me he's like, you know, I, I can tell you you're putting work in the game, and you know, I can tell that you know you've been practicing or or that you're doing a certain thing here, and you know, he I feel like he just always encouraged me, and was just nice. But like he also was just cool. It was just like you can sit there and just talk to him about something. Like I went to his house one time. We were just. He had the Yankees game on, and his mom and pop were like cooking on the grill or something. We just ate and just played melee and watched the Yankees beat the oh, Red Sox or something. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> man, it was it was awesome. Like he was just he just was a chill guy. You can like just go to his house and just play and have a few brews and and that was it. And it's like I kind of got that little bit of a feeling when I like, was talking to Hbox because like we were waiting for the stream and and we were just we were just talking about just random stuff. And it's like it's cool seeing that because you know you you know you have the game. But like, you know, there's just there's just more to it than just like your, your Twitch persona and stuff. And esports make that really tough sometimes. So that's why I really still have a lot of respect for Hbox. And maybe that's because I've known him for a while. He felt com- more comfortable talking mm-hmm. talking to me or something like that. But it was it was really small chit chat. But it just like I valued it because you know, you know, he he didn't have to do like that. He could just he could have just been him. You know, mm-hmm. he could just been his persona or whatever. So. It was, it was nice seeing that, and I, I have a lot of respect for Hbox, regardless of the play and stuff. But like, nah, he, he's he's real to me. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. I mean, I feel like we don't, like, I don't know anything about Hbox, you know. And like, I'll admit the only things I know about is like what I hear on like Twitter and stuff like that. So this is like really cool to hear, like, you know, 
the the other perspective of it, right? Because like even though like we are more esports now and we have Twitter and shit like that, like you know melee and even like netplay and stuff, but like melee is still like uh you gotta show up in person to hang with them to play. Yeah. Like nothing like that's never gonna change, you know. And that's like not just a melee specific thing. Like it's obviously an FGC specific thing. Yeah. But I think that's like where the charm is almost, you know. That's yeah, man. It's crazy because like. Part part of me like really likes the fact that you have to do that, but like it's also kind of hindering the game too, right? Like you can't really get good practice now unless you're in person. Netplay has mm-hmm. come a long way, but like everyone's kind of split on the whole like logistics thing and like mm-hmm. getting in person. I I feel like if Nintendo would just release like a reformatted version of the game, it would make things easier. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, I mean, that does take away from the charm a bit, too, right? Because, like, you know, there's something to be said about, like, people who can get together and, like, still lug around all these CRTs and do, do like, really good diligence to find venues that can, like, <laughs> that can deal with people moving all that weight around and stuff like that. Because, you know, that's that's what hacks are running problems, right? Because you, yeah. you can't get a venue in the city that's going to that's gonna hold all them CRTs and all that. They're not going to do that. No, yeah, they're definitely not. And I it's it's so true. Like uh funny enough like and like I came from upstate so like even going to people was tough like in upstate New York, you know. But like yeah. the any time you get to you you just take it, you know, whether it's a 2-hour drive or not. And like you know, that's definitely what I tried to bring here like with all my fests and stuff like that. Like back when I like first got to New York, you know, now my girlfriend's moved in, so fests are like a little more planned and a little more specific right but you know i also live with young so that helps but that's nice you know it is, it is nice for sure but like you know i carried around the crt like friday like last friday because um my office mates like there's a smash club which is kind of cool but they're playing on like dolphin non-ucf uh on like a <laughs> macbook air and like you know that's chill like i'll, I'll always still play with them but i kind of wanted like to bring the real the real deal to show it to them right because it's so cool but yeah. uh, I was getting weird looks on the subway more, like on the Friday morning right in. Oh yeah, just, yeah, you're like, with you. Yeah, but it almost felt nice. Like I, it felt like college, right? Like because I ran my college's uh, Smash Club, like carrying these CRTs and like not really giving a shit because you know what it means. You know, it means <laughs> that you get to play some real melee. Yeah. Like you're like yeah, like keep staring. Like it, it was like a very nostalgic feeling. I remember like wrapping a CRT in like a trash bag. Because it was like snowing outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dang! I forgot. I forgot. There's like n- not really a lot of car transportation down there. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That, that's 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 the life. Like. Yeah. You're bringing CRTs on the subway. I bet yeah, you've been. There's probably been crazier things brought in the subway. <laughs> but, uh, but everyone but, uh, was just like, "What is going on?" Uh, but yeah, dude, it's so funny. Like, it's so funny that like even as far as like the melee community has changed, like there are some things that like will always be you know ubiquitous feelings or experiences. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever gonna get off CRTs. I mean, I'm I'm always hopeful. I I really do like all the all the hack stuff that he, that he's doing with all like the the lag reduction and hmm. all, all that stuff. I'm like a hundred percent for. Like, I might be old school, but like I I like all that new shit. Like, I'm mm-hmm. give me all the new tech. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm ready for like someone to adopt, and I feel like he's been saying the same thing I've been saying for a few years. Just everyone adopt one brand of monitor, suck up the cost, just buy it once. Gaming generation have all these TVs, 
Yeah. Just, just, I mean, they, they got, they got, they got money. They got, they got overheads or something. Just, just buy it. Just buy it once. Buy it once. Buy a bunch of mini PCs. Throw Dolph on it with the with all the, with all the fixings, and then you're good. But like, no, no one wants to do that. I'm like, man, just just eat the cost once, and then like you say, you save so much of a headache. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, you have to come down and check it out. I mean, I really enjoyed it when I played. Uh... Because I was at the tournament on oh, Thursday. Oh, yeah, I heard I heard about that. It's Thursdays now? Uh, I think it's going to be Wednesdays. I think it's just like for that time it was Thursday. Is that because I think... T-Pain was there? I mean, T-Pain was there, which was super weird for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man, how did I miss T-Pain at a Smash event? Yeah, that is definitely one of the weirdest crossovers ever. That's almost like uh, where they had the... Um... That when the spot Dylan Sprouse came and was commentating at oh, the yeah, yeah. tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wasn't that like a skatar or something? No, that was um. What was that? Apex? Oh, no. he was at skatar too, but that was um that was something in Brooklyn. I forgot oh, the really? name of it. Yeah, it was at no, not Brooklyn. I'm sorry, it was at NYU. Oh, uh, okay, okay. That's crazy though. That Damn. might have, that might have been a skatar. I I can't. I don't think it was, but I can't remember the name of it. But I know a lot of people showed up for it, and we were all crammed in that, like, one floor at NYU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's really funny. Yeah. Man. Dude, again, like, thank you for coming on, dude. Like, this has been, like, so, so fun. And also, like, hearing about, like, all the things, like, old school stuff is really, really cool. Yeah, I got a million of them. Well, we can talk sometime offline too if you have any questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely message you about Gundam and if I have any more questions. But you know, also like you know, if you ever want to just talk some more, you know, what podcast to come to. Yeah, that'd be good, like, man. Anytime. Yeah.